Support for KZSU comes from Modeler.com, a platform connecting architects and other specifiers with building product manufacturers. Modeler.com works with architects from architecture and design firms to discover, discuss, and specify products for their building projects. We at KZSU thank Modeler.com for their generous underwriting of the production and broadcasting costs of The Modern Architect. KZSU, Stanford University's FM radio station, broadcasting across the Bay Area on 90.1 FM and across the world at kzsu.org. From the campus of Stanford University, this is the Modern Architect radio show and podcast, featuring one-on-one interviews with renowned and cutting-edge architects, influencers, and sustainability leaders. The show and podcast will inform, educate, and illuminate the transformation, joy, and inspiration architecture brings to our cities, communities, and lives. Hosted by architecture aficionado and principal of Accurate, this is Tom Dioro. Thank you, Shay. For our guest today, please welcome Tobin Darty, principal and owner of Tobin Darty Architects. Tobin's work spans over 40 years from exclusive residential to commercial projects and public facilities, evoking modern architecture with a conscious expression of its environment results in an organic and functional approach to define, defining clean lines, capturing light, space efficiency, and utilizing the surrounding landscape. For more information, you can visit www.tobinarchitects.com. That's www.tobinarchitects.com. Hello, Tobin. We're happy and honored to have you here on the Modern Architect radio show and podcast. Thank you, Tobin. Thank you, Tom. I appreciate you inviting me. Oh, are you kidding? I was looking at your work. Couldn't get, couldn't get you on fast enough. Thank you for uh, um, coming out to campus. Uh, I'd like to start off, Tobin, as I, we, we talked earlier, uh, what we call the green room or actually the lobby, is your, some of your early inspiration. Um, Obviously, I was gushing about your work, and I'll do it on air, too. And it's just truth. It's really, really nice. Um, what were some of your early inspirations into architecture, if you can kind of recall back, or if you're even interested in sharing that with us? <laughs> yeah, maybe say, no, I want to pick up after art, architecture school. What, what, what were they? Well, well that's, a, you know, that's a terrific uh, um, uh, word you just said, architecture school. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because, because I actually didn't go to architecture school. Oh, is that right? Uh, yeah, no, I'm a self-taught architect. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. So, um, what inspired you to, to, to even be in Wow, you know, I've <clears throat> had this question asked so many times. It, it's um, Anyway, uh, it started a long time ago. I was a little kid. Yeah. You know, my father built swimming pools um, and... Uh, Maybe when I was 10, 11, 12, I was drafting swimming pools uh, on his little drafting uh-huh. table and board, and he would bring home drawings um, that for maybe the house that was under construction. Yeah. Um, and I gravitated towards the blueprints of the house uh, while I was drafting swimming pools for my father. Wow. And um, kind of one thing led to another. Uh, we uh, moved... To a community where I could be uh, a draftsman for uh-huh. the local builders. I was 15 when I designed my first house, and we built our first yes. house. Um, by the time I was 17, that the 15 
I was that was for my folks. So but still, I wasn't paid. They didn't have to. They didn't have. To, they didn't have to utilize. I mean, if anything, that might have given them reason not to. You're you know, fifteen. I think I I was capable of a full set of construction drawings. Now these were simple plans, right? These were simple okay. construction drawings. But we laid well, out to you. They were. Yeah, they were, and um, the builder who built the house became part of my. Um, go to and or I was part of his go to uh-huh. and at seventeen I was uh, I had done about eight homes for him. Seventeen um, at seventeen, oh. I did. Dude, that's <laughs> awesome. I, mean, I was really? learning a lot, a lot about structure, and I was involved with some structural engineers at the time. But these were simple things. This was you know in the seventies, yeah. and um, uh, simple builds, but a lot of fun. And I would also be pounding nails occasionally and. Um, so it, it it was a, you know, when you say school, I uh-huh. loved, I loved the whole idea of going to school, and I, uh, the, the time in my life didn't provide me for that. Okay. So yeah. I just kept working in in, in the field. Uh, by the time I was in my early twenties, I'd done sixty homes in this community, and um, decided, you know, I need to get back to my goal of, of being an architect. Yes. Oh, that's tremendous. Yeah, you know, I, I was telling you, in the lobby, basically, I was going, Tobin, you know, I saw your work, and I love everyone's work that, that, that uh, you know, who's been on the show, but yours in particular just has a, it's a, a resonance with it, and um, we were trying to pull it up, and our internet was not, believe it or not, we were at Stanford, I know, but the internet <laughs> wasn't working right then, so, so we're like, okay, I'll just have to go on recollection of how, how I felt. And right. that kind of segues into how, how how do your, you know, your clients feel about the homes that you you design for them? Uh, you know, you're 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 hitting the notes with the right the right <laughs> words. You know, okay. felt okay? okay. So you had a lot of feeling that uh, you're looking at these homes. You you feel the space. You uh, you feel that people live there. You feel the warmth. Uh, yet uh, you know whatever those yeah. those sensitive points are, um, and they're unique to my clients and the unique to uh, where my clients live or the, or the sites that the buildings are being designed for. Um, all those, all of those aspects are brought into what I do as an architect. I'm very yeah. conscientious about making sure that, you know, all of these uh, uh, elements yeah. are addressed. How do you, how do you, do you know from, um, I, I guess I'll say each client of, is different, of course, mm-hmm. but is there a sense that you get from them from what they express to you, oh, what yeah. they like, and then you kind of bring out even more of what they really like or truly want? Great question. Um, absolutely. Uh, there's there's definitely a level of beginning to understand who I'm working for and what it is that they, they, they want in their home, in their dream home. Um, I think that because I had an early start of... of uh, you know, I needed to make a living. Sure. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, understanding. Too well uh, doing it, too. Uh, awesome. Yeah, you know, I was very young, so pro- having to prove the fact that I was good at what I did meant that I had to really listen to my clients. I had to understand what their their needs or their desires were and then be able to extract that from them and put that down on paper. And that was a talent I think I've had all my life, and I learned I learned and 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 uh, I'm able 
to, to yeah. uh, make it very efficient today. Yeah. How yeah. are you reading them? Is it everything? They're, 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 well, the way it, they look, it, the way they talk, their cadence, it, their... Tom, I'm not sure I read all of them correctly. But... <laughs> okay. <laughs> but that's how you learn. All right. right. <laughs> okay. You came ver- not ver- either very close. How, uh, do you even exceed some of their expectations? Uh, I mean, know, some of them. Yeah, it doesn't be every one of them, but have you? I, that's a good question for okay. my clients, but um, <laughs> I think so. Yes, oh. I, I think what I, what I've been told that's over the awesome. years is that um, Tobin's ability is very creative and very unique, and we usually get much more than we thought we were going to get as far as our our building design. And most of my clients still live in their homes, so wow. uh, over almost forty years now. Jeez, so you so you're definitely dialed in for, for lack of a better world to what where they what their expectations are mm-hmm. and then even kind of pulling it out of them um you, you know and pulling it out of them i mean i think that today, is that too strong a word or yeah okay. i think because today we're 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 really uh, involved in so many different aspects of designing a home. We, we not only do we have our clients, of course, but we we've also got so many other governing bodies, jurisdictions, uh, yeah. and elements of design that that are in you know infringing on maybe this this global idea that we come up with. And so, so there's a bit of a relationship. Uh, conversation that's always happening with the owners and making sure that they're understanding that we you know we can't always give them exactly everything they're after and okay. that is a, a constant conversation today yeah we work really hard to achieve it we're usually dealing with properties today that are complicated and difficult seldom do i have a, a an empty clean lot uh it, it, i used to but it's very very seldom. really how's that changed when you said you used to yeah, I think when yeah. I was younger, there was just a lot more property available for us to build on. Okay. I mean, it's as simple as that. And, and where I started, that was all new property. It, it was in a more rural community, and mm-hmm. and there was just a, you know, everything was a brand new lot. Yeah, most of them were on a hillside, which also oh, oh that's another skill set. Which also okay. you know gave me a whole other skill set of learning yeah. how to deal with topography. Yeah. So, Wow, that's that's tremendous. And you started starting so young. How do you feel? Um, say, how have things changed, or say, in the last five years in, in architecture, in your experience, from today to five years previous? If you can, you know, kind of share with our listeners what uh, wow, what you experienced. You know, if or, even if it's I just a it's, couple of things, I think it's been ramping up for the last twenty to twenty-five years. Honestly, uh, really? the changes, oh, okay. absolutely. Um, the real changes that have evolved uh, in the Palo Alto or the Bay Area communities um, having to do with jurisdiction and guidelines and rules they've they've been pretty much in in place for a long time mm-hmm. um, I think the idea that they have gotten a little tighter a little more stringent uh, the envelope has gotten a little uh, closer uh, that has probably evolved even more in the last 10 five years uh, definitely. Um, are there and, factors that you are you at liberty to share with why you think well, that may be there um, or may be that way? Well, uh, several several items. Okay. Uh, we are dealing with uh, state mandates for uh, housing, um, green building, uh, environmental concerns, fire uh, regulations, uh, building materials. Uh, again, I think these are some items that have... Uh, 
affected, basically, or that infringed upon our freedom uh, architecturally to design okay. things. Um, it kind of, uh, it also, it, you know, can be a very positive element. Yeah, too. I'm curious. How do you how do you turn the a perceived Let's just say it, it's a perceived negative of, oh my gosh, all these regulations, and kind of use that to kind of catapult you to even greater creativity and discovery. It, it does, and we have this okay. conversation a lot, because as we were talking about in the green room, the, the idea of building materials and how they're changing and how they're evolving to uh, address some of the fire codes, for yeah. example, or address uh, the low VOCs. And the, the, the maintenance is a big issue for me and my clients as well. We want to design homes externally to some extent where we're able to uh, create, you know, I don't want to say a maintenance-free building, but, but there's a lot, of, a lot of material selection on the outside of a building that is, uh, uh, that is generated towards... Uh, long-term effect, okay, sustainability. I mean, if we're going to pull out, pull out a word that's... It's a buzzword know. for now. But yeah, yeah, it's a buzzword. You yeah, know? I so, noticed your homes, uh, at least from what I can see, they, it looks like it was already built in even if it wasn't required. Am I incorrect? Or No, you're not incorrect. Okay. Um, I've been involved in sustainability early on in my career. Again, where I, where I started this career, I was involved in a lot of passive solar design. This was the 70s. The passive solar design oh, wow. was, oh, yeah, yeah. was a very big, uh, big deal. Um, it had, had come, especially in the community I was living in, that there was a local architect there who was very uh, well-known yeah. and written a couple of books about passive solar design. His name was David Wright. Um, long time ago, he still practices, but you know that was a time when that was very exciting. And as a young and architect, I was very soaked. Oh was, yeah, you were going. something to really soak up, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, the sun. Yeah, we can use the sun. So, <laughs> you know, I, yeah. and that principle has gone uh, throughout <laughs> throughout my practice. That that has n- never. Um, ended in a sense yeah. of how I design and how I utilize utilize the sun, utilize passive um, yeah. uh, attributes uh, uh, to heat and cool and and uh, you know feel comfortable in the home. Yeah. yeah. How was it? Uh, how how has even the materials that you're working with evolved in the last say several years, just from your experience? You know, we're using a, a lot of different synthetic type projects. Uh, products now on the exterior of a building. We're using um, a cement panel system, which is a rain screen system. I love the product. I, I love using it. Um, we can use it in, it, we can use it in, uh, <laughs> in siding. <laughs> this is awesome. Keep going. <laughs> well, there's, you know, there's a, these products have been around a while, but they're now accessible residentially. They're becoming more and more accessible to the residents, okay. and we can utilize these materials. So uh, that's one. That's just one. Of course, you know, cement plaster has been around a long time. Stucco, we still use it a lot. Um, when we want to use uh, natural materials, uh, I, I will usually go to uh, FSC products okay. or, or uh, uh, reclaimed products. Uh, we're using a product called Sinker Cypress, which is okay. a beautiful material. Um, it's reclaimed out of the, out, oh, of, nice. out of the lakes. Cypress wood? Or, uh, yes, cypress. Okay. Yes. Okay. Um, it's a gorgeous wood. So we use, we use a lot of products, um, roofing, metal fascias, uh, uh, windows that are, uh, either, you know, the, the quality of windows today are so much better, but, 
tempered glazing, uh, aluminum uh, perimeters, uh, whether we're using a wood clad or whatever. So yeah. it's just endless. We have a lot of different. Uh, I like that. Speaking of endless, yeah, I, I think I may have hit a little bit on your kind of your work. There's a, there's a, and uh, I don't always see this, but I, I saw it. It's kind of a timelessness. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's by design or it's just your style or what. Uh, it's 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 a continual goal of mine. Okay, uh, share with us. You know how 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 is that, and why you, you say you want that? You know something that goes beyond us. Absolutely. Yeah. We're here. We're here on this earth a short period of time. These buildings are going to last me. Um. You know. Uh, I, yeah, think, I don't know if you can quantify it, but take a shot at. It. I think it's worth it because our listeners are probably like to you know. They may want to hear that. What do you? What? How would you describe timelessness? I don't have a definite uh, description, so I'm laying it on you. <laughs> well, I think yeah. one of the things that you see in my work is that I'm I'm very conscious and I'm paying attention to uh, the neighborhood or okay yeah. the area in which the building is being uh, built or place the site, and. Um, Maybe a good example of this would be uh, a home that I did in Capitola over 25 years ago, almost almost 30 years ago. It's a beautiful yellow house. It sits on, on a 50 by 50 lot, okay, as a lot of the properties there. Um, you can go by the house today, and it is still just absolutely spectacular. I mean, you look at this home, and you think the home was just built yesterday, okay? Yeah. It, <clears throat> it's small. It's, it was sustainable at that time. It was somewhat modern inside um, in a sense of, of how we live, which is a big deal for me because modernism isn't just about cubes, okay? Okay. Yeah, share cubes with Cubes and glass, no. That's great you're elaborating uh, on No, mo- modern in, modernism is really about who, how we live our lives today. Um, and this is a good example of a home oh. that, that okay. uh, these particular clients were retiring and they were living their life away from their Eichler of 30 years where they had this wonderful sense of openness, beautiful, um, you know, what a Eichler is all about, right? We all do. And yet we couldn't really achieve that on a 50 by 50 lot building a 1,350 square foot house in Capitola, but we, as well as maintaining the vernacular, that was really important. So uh, when we look at the house today on the outside, the vernacular is amazing. It's still this amazing little beach house, light tower, uh, fits right in with everything else, and everything kind of around it's gotten even better. Okay. Do you think it was an inspiration? I, for... Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, oh, nice. So, <clears throat> the, absolutely. The... Not even <laughs> could maybe. No, no, no. no. Absolutely. Everything around that. Everything around the properties uh, have have improved. So you've increased the value, not just obviously monetarily, but the actual feel and the um, the essence of the neighborhood. Absolutely. Which is uh, just which is... with a, with a, with a home. Right. We do it all the time. Oh, come on! Yeah, all the time. All even. the time. That's what we're. That's you know, <laughs> we're architects, isn't that what you know we're supposed to be doing? Oh yeah, we're well, trying you know, to believe it or you know? not. Not always. I wish I didn't have to say that. Mm. But it's not always, and it's usually either driven by um, finance, the finance of the mm-hmm. owner, or the owners uh, either. Uh, they don't have a vision for it, or they they want to exact their vision on architects, and that's a question uh, I br- I bring up is why hire an architect and then try to tell them what to do, and I've seen that happen. Oh. Okay, I've seen that happen probably way too many times, 
what's your experience with that? I, I know I'm not the only one, but I usually get pretty upset about it. And uh, if you don't yeah, share with us, you know, your, if your experience or you've known of yeah. uh, uh, clients that do that. Uh, well, sure. We experience okay. it ourselves. Really? Oh, okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. Really? I mean, yeah. it, it, it reminds me of like if you have an append, appendix that needs to be removed. I don't think you're going to say, hey, you know what? It's over there. It's not here. Oh, and you know what? Make sure you make the inches in this yeah, way. Yeah, why, why way. would I as, <laughs> as the person? Yeah. Oh, no. I think my appendix is on the other side. <laughs> And I don't know. That, that's it, the equivalent, though. It yeah, really is. It really is. It, it really, really is. is. So how do you, how do you kind of either negate it or minimize it? You know, experience is a very okay. good tool here. All right. Um, uh, really is. It takes. Uh, I think as being an architect, the idea of the fact that look, I've been doing this for well, forty-one years. Okay, my experience is uh, on every level. Um, far greater than your home, and yeah. that sounds really arrogant. And uh, your one project, or maybe you've done a couple different projects, and yeah. or maybe you were in a, you know loved drafting when no, you were no, I, younger, I, you know. And the, this you're this, being gracious with it because I think yes. there is a difference between, and I probably get emails and calls on this, <laughs> but I think there's a difference between arrogance and certainty. Yes, and 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 what you're being is you're you're exacting certainty of your experience and the future as well is it, is it correct that's correct okay uh, and it's trust you know there's there's a there's trust that needs to be placed into an architect you're hiring this architect you've seen their work you've gone through their homes which I have a problem with today with the internet because a lot of people kind of skip that sometimes they go right well, let's talk about that uh, later uh, that's great yeah continue yeah. please you know so um, but but the fact the fact is look get to know who you're hiring understand the design that they are uh, the type of design that they do walk through their homes get to know them get to know their clients that they uh, that they work for and understand maybe they've been in their home a long time understand or or it's new but ask them the right questions and then choose that architect and then put your trust in the architect okay there's there's so many aspects and, and a lot of clients do mm-hmm. um, there certainly is uh, uh, times when a client is going to question things or bring up bring up elements of their design that they you know that they want or they see yeah. on, uh, you know in their in their mind's eye, and we're sensitive to that. I'm very sensitive to those things, and I want to address them. Uh, but there are definitely times when uh, when it it is a required trust in your architect's vision to to continue. And, and let, let the trust in that vision continue on because you're going to wind up with a better project. Excellent. Let's touch back on that. You're listening to the Modern Architect, KZSU, Stanford, 90.1 FM. Modern tech news from the Bay Area and around the world. Technology news about space, energy, IoT, wearables, sensors, robotics, AI, high-tech innovations in engineering, medicine, and stem cell research are all on this show. The Modern Tech News with Labiba. Wednesday mornings from 9 a.m. until 10 a.m. That's moderntechnews.com, moderntechnews.com. Check that out on KCSU Stanford. But now we're back with more Modern Architect. We're talking today with Tobin Darty, principal and owner of Tobin Darty Architects. For more information, you can visit www.tobinarchitects.com. That's www.tobinarchitects.com. 
Tom, uh, we we're, we were talking, uh, Tobin, about uh, you said something about inter- Internet and how a lot of prospects may have skipped the steps. Hmm. So has it so it's helped and hindered? Is it? Yes. Okay. It's a tremendous help in some ways and a very uh, frustrating in, yeah. in other ways. How, yes. how, how do you think it, it's, uh, it's helped at least? Well, it, to expose you, okay. for sure. I mean, to expose you to many different client, uh, different types of clients uh, that are looking, looking for architects for their projects. Um, that is, is a tremendous difference uh, from the older days. But uh, I still rely on um, uh, word of mouth, uh, mm-hmm. reputation, um, all of those elements that have taken me this, to this point. And then we put ourselves out on, on, on the Internet and we receive certainly calls and we talk to people all the time about their yeah. projects. Um, or we may get an email and we respond to that email and never hear anything back from anybody <laughs> ever again, which is pretty common. <laughs> Uh, you know, it's, it, oh, you know, and I, I understand it. It's kind of the, the world we live in today. And, and yeah. so we're learning how to address that or learning how to, uh, to, yeah. um, is that one know. of the challenges with the internet? It is kind of a, uh, transient in a way and that, okay, let me, I'm looking and architecture, of course, I'm, we have the show, so we don't feel it's just something you look at and go, okay, next, 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 yeah. and then find some, okay, this will work and base it on either a cost or, uh, you know, a convenience factor located near your home. Right. Um, how it, do you? It shouldn't. Of... It shouldn't even be addressed that way. Yeah. It really shouldn't. You know, this is. We're designing your your dream home. We're, we're here to talk to you about you. You really like Tobin Dory's architect's work. That's great. Come on in and talk to us. Let us show you more of our work, or you know, let's discuss with you you know, the, in depth about what you're looking for. Um, maybe we're a good fit. Maybe yeah. we're not, you know, um, that happens, but at least get to know us. And that's one of the steps that I think a lot of people are missing today. And the last, that's a big change in the last five, eight, ten years. Okay. So, yeah. it, and it sounds like it actually may, uh, I'll go out on a big limb here, but I actually think it may have hindered. Yes. The, f- the field, the profession, and the appreciation, not just the appreciation for its own sake, but actually for your sake. Yes. Maybe even more so for your own. Actually, for your own sake. And uh, um, the, yeah, how, you, what kind of ways are you trying to uh, Well, you get a thicker skin. It? Okay. You know, to some extent. <laughs> you get a thicker skin. <laughs> which, you, you know, I say, noticed, okay, I'm told, well. which is interesting, other than I really, really love your work, is there's a... Um, there's a youthfulness to you, you know. The audience can't physically see you, but there's a youthfulness to you, but yet a, an an experience that transcends y- your age. So it's like mm-hmm. it's like I feel like I'm talking to someone who's ninety, but I look over and you're not ninety. <laughs> so how how do you uh, convey that? I mean, I'm trying to be the theater of the mind with radio here, but no, they're real. There's like a sense of. She told me he's got to be ninety five years old. He's still designing. Yeah, he is. Oh no, he's not ninety five years old. He's He's a contemporary. I mean, he looks like he he can put a backpack and go around campus. So how, how do you – have you been talked about in that way? Yes. With your work? and Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Okay. Um, I think uh, there's definitely uh, a continual effort to be relevant and to keep on top of it without being trendy. I think that comes back to timelessness. 
you know, that kind of circles around. And, you know, this is not a overnight process. Uh, today, the process is uh, minimum to from start to finish, sometimes three years, sometimes four years. We're, we're lucky to get into the two year, two and a half years to do a house today. So this is a long process. You're you're talking with us for a long time. We're dealing with issues. But, you know, um, so myself as an architect, I'm constantly working towards, you know, keeping everybody uh, going you know, as far as uh, going through these processes and keeping our designs uh, fresh and, and um, with throughout the office and, and with myself. It's, it's been a never-ending education for myself, Tom, honestly. Yeah. It, it doesn't stop. You know, Renzo Piano said recently, uh, I need to be 150 years old because because <laughs> I, I don't start really practicing until after 75 years of work. That's excellent. You know, um, I wish I recalled his name. Said actually, uh, um, uh, forgive me if I don't, but it was a really good quote, and it uh, was, "You actually don't hit your stride till you're in your 50s." Mm-hmm. That's right. That's just fierce. I mean, think about that, because you think, like, if you could just do it as an athlete, you know, you're in your late teens, early 20s, and that's it, no matter how good you were, whether you were great, mediocre, or, or uh, you know, um, legendary, you, you hit your stride at 18 to 25, and that's it, if you're just downhill, whereas an architect hit, starts hitting their stride at about, like, 50? Mm-hmm. Yes. That's that's well, amazing. That's a perfect time, though. You know, because it's it's so... You have to learn lessons. You have to. You have to have trial and errors. You have to go through. It's not like you can just put out a painting um, and really enjoy painting that, and then okay, we we sold it, and we liked it. Well, I'm going to do another 25 of those, and everybody's going to like it, or you're going to fail. It's not like that. We we don't. We're artists. I'm an artist, yeah. and these this time frame takes a long time, and for us to f- uh, feel that building when we're done and walk through it, and then. The clients experiencing and living with it and watching the plants grow around it and seeing the, the sun pass by and how they live in it. That's all about what – that's what architecture is. And people have a hard time understanding that um, when it's kind of a um, – I want – I don't want to say that everybody – you know. Yeah. I, I think that uh, it's – it's a very uh, people need to think about it that way. Is yeah, what I guess what I'm trying to say. Yeah, they they definitely do. And there's another another percentage. Actually, a couple of architects just within the last week um, have shared with me is that uh, the built environment throughout the United States is done by uh, an architect only three to seven percent. Mm-hmm. The total United States was designed by an architect uh, three to five seven percent. I think the numbers were right. That's, That's right. Way too low. That's way too low. Okay, so so then we have we go. How do you get it to be higher so that we live in an area where you don't just live in a, 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 a great zip code where everyone can afford that sort of great design? But the great design is there because it's it's just it's um, as natural as the sun, as natural as the moon. Mm-hmm. What are some of your thoughts on how that can be? Well, I I want to say that. Um Working in different regions that I do work in, I do work in some other areas where I'm able to learn about costs and building costs. I'm doing a house in Southern California. I'm doing a house in uh, Hawaii. I'm doing a house up in Northern California, up in Hawaii. And, and they're all regionally different, and they're, they're all uh, costs are different, and the way that they build them is different. And so you learn about what can you do. Um, you know, I think 
that a lot of people don't quite understand that they can hire an architect. Mm -hmm. Their initial reaction is, oh, you're too expensive and I need to uh, go a lesser expensive route. Um, if that's a frustration I've... I think but we that's all untrue, have. though. It is untrue. Okay. It's very untrue, yeah. and I think that people don't realize that we're here to to help them. Number one, to take the money that they uh, that they have budgeted for this project and design a much better home within that uh, within that budgetary. And I'm very conscious of budget, and we can't always make the mark, but we yeah. work very hard on our budgets. And, um, you know, we design a better home for the money they have than for them to go to a place that's, um, you know, not really working with a practicing, experienced architect. And that's, you know, these are words that I have to be careful with because, you know, but I was one of those two, one of those people, Tom. That's where I came from. I came from being, you know, a designing drafting service to becoming a licensed architect. So which was a process. Yeah. But my goal was to be involved in a higher level of design and as a as an architect. Yeah, well, you definitely keep rising as well. Another statistic that uh, I get all these things. You can't you can't find the source and shut up. But no, uh, is is uh, is um, by hiring an architect. One was I was I believe it was it was between thirty five and over fifty percent least likely to end up in litigation. Hmm. Wow. It's that significant. Yeah. So that shows. T- t- a huge care, number one, a care factor. Two, uh, a mindfulness of the profession and the art form. And three, a real, real uh, connection with the co- client. And the builder. Builder, you got you it. Know? Yeah. Share I with mean, your experiences with some of the builders. The relationship you know? with a builder yeah. um, is, is an extremely powerful tool. And uh, we have uh, – uh, we work hard to to work with builders that are respecting the the does it uh, the design decisions that we as architects make along the way, and uh, you know the the owners and the architects are spending a lot of time putting together designs and decisions and process. The builder, when he gets on board, he's going to respect that and understand that, and and work with what we've got and help us as a team to work forward mm-hmm. in completing the project. Um, there are builders who choose to uh, try to interject a little too much of their own aspects. Uh, and, and these are just some stories that happen, you know, along the way. And then that can become a, a, a just a mitigating factor for yeah. completing a job. So there's builders, there's subcontractors. There's a, there's a lot of things that are being uh, thrown at us all the time while yeah. we're building a and home. And you're always having to learn during that process. I mean, everyone always. is. You think ideally everyone is, but uh, you are at the focal point of, of that learning and oh, expectation. Nice. You, you, de- you definitely are. How How, how is... Um, how much, if you ever put a percentage, or a lot of, I'm doing, bringing a lot of numbers in today for some reason, but what are the percentage if you wanted to, of you actually doing the design, drafting work, and then how much of it is your relationship with people, if you've ever kind of quantified that? Hmm. Not that there's, there's no exact number, but I'm curious as to what yeah. you may have experienced. Is it half and half? Or? Okay, so I, th- I think one way to answer that question would be, um, I'm a smaller firm. I spend a lot of time with, with personally with my clients. Um, I've really got some uh, a great uh, 
associates that I work with now that are very helpful and that are being a part of the team. And so I'm pretty much the principal designer um, on most of the jobs, and I spend a lot of time with the clients in making these decisions. We will, then I do bring in uh, my associates as we're starting to make decisions, and they they continue on with the project. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that's yeah, what you no, were you're after. getting closer. Yeah, yeah. What yeah you so were how after? much is, how much is is your people re- skills related? Uh-huh. Um, we'll go to break and we'll touch on that. But but people skills. Not versus, but in addition to the drafting, the designing. The, Tons. The, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes. Another, you know, I think back from being a young teenager, suddenly I'm thrown into a world of discussing a home design with, with a, you know, a couple. And That's and I'm, you know, 17, 18, 19 years old, and we're talking about designing their 2,200-square-foot, three-bedroom, two-bath house, you know, on the golf course. And, uh, you know, they have this much money and, you know, and yes, I can help you do this and this is what I think and this is where it's going to go. And yes, let's go back to that communication. And that has not changed. That yeah. is still it's, – it's only gotten better. It's only gotten um, just more refined. Excellent. You're listening to The Modern Architect, KZSU, Stanford, 90.1 FM. Want to improve the quality of your kids' education? Would you like to see more hands-on learning, real-world connections, and experiences that help kids build critical 21st century skills? Then RAFT, the resource area for teachers, supports teachers with affordable tools and training that have a direct impact on the classroom. Donations are always needed. To learn more, visit raft.net. That's raft.net. Now back to The Modern Architect on KZSU Stanford. We're talking today with Tobin Doherty, principal and owner of Tobin Doherty Architects. For more information, you can visit www.tobinarchitects.com. That's www.tobinarchitects.com. Tobin, uh, you know we. What, how would you describe, say, an architect's um, an identity or persona? Is there a way to, to describe it or make an attempt at describing their persona or identity of an architect? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think the way we I'm answering that question would be that um, it's really about my own identity and how, what my identity is uh, uh compared to a lot of other architects. I like identity architecture. I think that's okay. what one of the huh. one of the uh, words that I like to use and feel that that I'm um, capable of doing it in this I'm kind yeah, of losing losing my my thought process here, but um, I have my own identity as an architect. I think you're recognizing that um, there's a uniqueness, there's a creativity, but that isn't just the identity of myself. This is the identity that I'm blending between myself and my clients okay. to create. To create. So, is there a culture know, within your firm? A culture. Yeah. Uh, no, I wouldn't okay. necessarily say. So, your a identity is is that, as I said, you're like the youngest, older guy I've ever, <laughs> <laughs> I've ever met. Because it, it is, I swear, it's like you, you, you get, there's a, there's a wisdom and yet a youthfulness. It's they seem like they're opposed, but they're not. Well, uh, I, yeah. A two-year-old might do that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> really? Oh, that's great. <laughs> so there's your usefulness. Oh, that's awesome. But um... <laughs> that's really awesome. 
Yeah. So, so how how does it? Uh, you know, some of the other points I wanted to bring up is um, your cold modernism. You know, you've got here the cliche of cold oh, yeah. modernism. What is? You know, you know that that's just. This is one of the things that I do get. Um, questioned and years ago that was i think i think every aspiring architect uh, loves uh, modernism and and enjoys the culture of modernism and contemporary architecture design and that's kind of where we're all headed and we we want to be a part of that as as young architects and um but myself being a self-employed young architect um i was trying to achieve that without a big firm behind me or without and and working towards modernism within my own firm. And it was hard because for years, you know, modernism was not really in vogue for a long time. And um, I was very much a part of, of working to find those clients who would do things uh, that were more contemporary at that time. And um, yet many, many of these clients would, would, basically say, well, I like modernism, but it's too cold. And the funny thing about it is uh, it has changed. And we've we've been able to... Uh, so I've always worked hard to achieve a warmer level. Yeah, of, I was going to say that. I, that's yeah. another attribute. I, I yeah. noticed in your work there's a warmth to uh, your modernism. Yeah. I, well, it's weird, we, but no. you know, there's comfort in okay. a home, right? We, we, yeah. we want to feel comfortable in our home. And the broad, you know, glassy spaces, which we all have to do. Uh, I'm involved in several where, where we're there, but within these designs that I'm working on, there is still a place of warmth and comfort and a feeling of home. And that is really important to me. Yeah. Um, without this cold, sterile uh, uh, aspect of feeling like we're in a museum or, you know <laughs> okay yeah we're in a museum <laughs> what's for breakfast yeah, yeah. okay yeah. so you've moved on to this the other uh, another point is you're I'm curious here what's a sensitivity to spatial relationships how's uh yeah very <clears throat> very important to me as well okay. same same level of design making sure that all of the spaces are sensitive to their needs, okay? So, and size and relationship to the indoor-outdoor relationship or how much light is coming in. Um, I, I walk into homes sometimes and, I, and I'm and i in this room that's massive and I just go, what do we do in this room? I mean... Do you really? Or, oh, yeah. No, I'm not talking about my own work. I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah. Just in, in general, yeah, okay, there yeah. are some things that, you know, that sometimes spatially uh, it loses its sensitivity to uh, to being, you know, the human that's in that space. Yeah. And um, so it it's a simple comment. You know, there's a lot of things that we can add to a space. But I think um, modernism can be perceived, and this is really the point of this, is that modernism can be perceived by a lot of people out there where it's a world of cold living or, or it's too harsh. And yeah. uh, I work hard not to not to do that. Yeah. Uh, I, I've uh, felt in, the, in modern homes is... Um if, if you even choose to ha- want to have a modern home, there's a certain self-reflection mm-hmm. that I think that has to happen, not hap- happen, but occur within yourself to even think, I want a modern home. Because you've kind of cleared out a lot of, a lot of baggage in mm-hmm. you. I don't know. It's not a psychology show. But it's, it, there's, there's a clarity in even saying, you know what, I'd like a, 
I'd like a modern home. What's your thought on that? Is there, is there we, some truth We to live it? modern lives. Yeah. Okay, so Tom, we live modern lives. All of us, for the most part, are living in a very contemporary world. And um, even today, if you go into a home that's more traditional, in a sense, more traditional maybe by, by its skin, okay? okay? In plan, it's still pretty modern, okay? I think people don't realize very that. Very good point. Yeah. People don't yeah. realize this, okay? Oh, I've just walked into a open great room space, okay? But I just walked through the doors of a, of uh, you know, of a 1920s uh, craftsman style yeah. home that that, and yeah. <clears throat> there's a a lot of this crossbreeding that's going on in in design in residential design, yeah. um, and so I think when when it's spoken about as far as modernism goes, it's it's deeper than just. Uh, Cuban glass. It's it's much much more than yeah. that. Yeah, here's a great one. I love this. This is great. I'm gonna say, may even say it twice. Uh, true geometry for a higher level of drama. True geometry for a higher level of drama. Mm. God, I, I want to hear this one. Really, I, that's just whoa, boy. You know, you gotta. This has got to be on your it, card it's, or something. Well, that's, that's like. <laughs> Whoa! We like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Share with us what what how would you describe that that higher level of drama from true geometry? You know, um, I think walking through uh, some of my homes <laughs> my it would be easier to describe this than on in words. But okay. um, give it a try with theater of the mind radio. You know, yeah. we, 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 you walk into a space okay. and you, you enter into a space and and uh, in front of you is is this glorious view but maybe not all of that view has been revealed okay so uh, yet what is revealing is that the ceiling has changed and and that it's kind of directing you into a different higher location in the space where suddenly you walk into that other space and it takes you into this amazing view and the view gets even more revealed um, okay, so then you look around the corner and there's this light. Suddenly there's this light coming from through through the space above you and you walk around the corner and all of a sudden you're in this kitchen with an eight-foot ceiling or a nine-foot ceiling, but but there's this notch of light that's that suddenly there's this clear story and your cabinets are going up 14 feet and there's clear story that's bouncing around this light that's coming down. So there's this, there's this endless geometry of drama, even oh. when you walk around the corner. So there's, there's a, uh, I mean, I just described one of the houses that, yeah. that That's we finished ass. a while ago. I, I, okay. <laughs> what that? Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Please. So that's all right. Um, uh, you know, I think again, architects are always playing with geometry. We're always playing with our spatial relationships, how we can bring light in, into our space. I am. Let's put it that way. I'm yeah. always working to find ways to naturally light a space, to create a drama. And I want it to be proportional. And I want it to be sensitive. I don't want to just have this big box sticking yeah. out through the roof with a bunch of light monitors dropping light down in. Okay. Oh. That's, that to me is is insensitive as an architect you're not really um you're not really respecting the rest of the space and understanding and you know that comes to uh, um, sustainability energy efficiency all of these yeah. things you know yeah that's sustainability design you know that, that yep. seems like it's built in it's without even having to have any sort of legislation on it right 
Absolutely. And yeah. again, always been very conscious of this uh, long time. Yeah. We, we search for better ways to create an envelope. I've done work um, at 6,000 feet in snow country. I've done a lot of work at, uh, in, yeah. in uh, an area where it was mandatory. You know, you're dealing with ice damming. You're dealing with environment that is extremely uh, severe on a building. And so you need to know how to work with that environment, with that envelope. And and then we go to sea level and work on a different home and a different design where that envelope is completely different. And, and, you know, literally the house is, uh, you, you don't, the doors aren't even closed, you know, 24, <laughs> 24-7. Tobin, so. there's not a place on the planet you can't improve, is there? Really? Oh. If you were tasked with it, well, you, you could. I can work on it. Yeah. Regardless of whatever it is in the you know the world or the geography or topography, yes. you can absolutely make it wherever wherever the house is. We can make it happen. Even yes. better, better, not better, but at least um, the equivalent to or not harm the natural environment yes big goal that's another thing i noticed as well is it looks like it fit like it one of your buildings they don't look like they were built now they look like they were built like it grew i mean i don't want to insult you but it just sounded like they look like they almost grew like organically yeah is that by your absolutely it's by design i wish i could even achieve more of that but you know we are we we have um budgets and limitations. Yeah. That we, yeah. How we much does hard. that play into it? You know, uh, do, do clients approach you with a budget? I know it's, it's important, of course, but do they approach you or how? Yes. How, and, and you have to work within that. So that's... It's a big top of a conversation yeah. when, when we're designing a high-end level <laughs> home or even a kitchen. I mean, it's always a conversation about where are we starting from? What is our, what is the parameters that we have? Budget design, what are the finishes that you are looking at? If it's a kitchen, I mean, which which we do a ton of. We just do kitchens here and there or bathrooms for because we enjoy them. Yeah. But they're budgetary. Or we go up to a home that is extensive and and long-term, and, uh, and they're all budgetary. I don't think yeah. I've ever had a client basically say, you know, you have an endless budget, do what you want yeah. to do. I, I've I, seen and known a few, and you believe it or not, the end work is not – very mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. Which sounds you would think so. No, I think we all yeah. need we all need board we all need parameters. We all need to, oh, to have good you know, touch. Yeah. yeah. I mean it, it it's good we to all work need parameters. To. Yeah. So even with an unlimited budget, you still you can you can imagine I've as I said, I've seen a couple homes, buildings that were garbage in essence, even though it had an unlimited budget. I've seen many. <laughs> I've seen many. Really? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. You're listening to The Modern Architect. KZSU 90.1 FM Stanford. The Burlingame-based Good Tidings Foundation supports the arts, education, athletics, and dreams from youth in communities of need throughout Northern California. The organization works closely with professional sports franchises and athletes, businesses, and government agencies to increase access to enriching opportunities for deserving youths. This includes ongoing projects through school districts, recreation departments, and local cities. Tax-deductible donations of any amount are always welcome. For more info, visit goodtidings.org. That's goodtidings.org. Now back to The Modern Architect on KZSU Stanford. 
We're talking today with Tobin Darty, principal and owner of Tobin Darty Architects. For more information, you can visit www.tobinarchitects.com. That's www.tobinarchitects.com. Tobin, I wanted to get your insight or your take on the uh, the quote from Franklin Wright: "The mother art is architecture. Without an architecture of our own, we have no soul of our own civilization." Mm-hmm. What's your? What, I'm curious as to what's your take on that. You know, what, what, one of the most wonderful aspects of Frank Lloyd Wright's work was just that he was endlessly searching for nature in his, in his art and his architecture and how it responded to, to us as, as a human being uh, occupying this, this space and how he could kind of mirror the two or uh, put the two together. And, he, and you know, I've I always had great, great respect mm-hmm. For his work and, and what he accomplished, of course, why why wouldn't you? You know, it yeah. as and uh, you know, you say what was one of your earliest inspirations? Well, yeah, I mean, I saw Frank Lloyd Wright building when I was ten or eleven, twelve. It, I still own the book, and I still own look at the pictures, and it was you know very very ten very, or eleven. Yeah. Oh, you I don't it, think that a lot of people look at you know yeah. see those things at the young age, right? Well, I don't know if they actually said they want to, they want to take an action on it. You yeah, know? maybe. Yeah. yeah, that's the difference is everyone may have looked, but not everyone's going to commit to some sort of action to actually bring that into their own lives well, or make it a, make it their living. He, he, he touched me, um, uh, not to mention uh, people like uh, Schindler and Neutra at a young age. Neutra was also an early, I don't even know how I got a hold of these things. You know, my father wasn't necessarily, my parents weren't necessarily architectural aficionados. He was a, he was a worker and a pool person. But, you know, so um, Frank Lloyd Wright's world was a great, uh, uh, great place for me to go to. And, yeah. and, and learning about his, his soul and how he respected uh, Mother Nature and how they they work together. Well said. Well said. Is there anything, Tobin, that we, we we've discussed? There's a lot more questions I'd love to ask you, but you know we have an hour. Is there anything that we may not have touched on that you'd, you you think is a um, would be of, of value to our listeners? You know, uh, well, one of the points that I do want to make is you were bringing up youth and. And this this is a practice of years in, in education, self-education. And when you stop in any practice, you know, uh, learning about your own self and what you can contribute to your profession, then, you know, that's uh, that's not my goal. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, and Frank Lloyd Wright was great at that. You know, he, he didn't really even uh, achieve what he wanted to achieve until... Uh, well, I can't say that, but when he was uh, 65, he built volume water. So, I mean, yeah, come on. that's right. Huh? Now, that's, yeah, and after many years of, of not really uh, working uh, the way he wanted to work, I guess. Um, so he made up for it. And, yeah, he made up for it. So, yeah. you know, I don't want to perceive that that's the case here at all, but, you know, he's just a great inspiration of that this profession just continues on and we keep moving forward and I've got a lot to learn and uh, I want to keep going. Excellent. And your work is excellent. Tobin, it's been a real privilege having you here. Thank you. We're honored uh, that you are our guest today. Thank you. Thank you, Tom. Thank you. Appreciate it. You've been listening to The Modern Architect. I'm Tom Dioro. Our guest today has been Tobin Darty, principal and owner of Tobin Darty Architects. Tobin's work spans over 40 years from exclusive residential 
to commercial projects and public facilities, evoking modern architect with a conscious expression of its environment. The result is an organic and functional approach to defining clean lines, capturing light, space efficiency, and utilizing the surrounding landscape. For more information, you can visit www.tobinarchitects.com. That's www.tobinarchitects.com. Join us again next time when we welcome another outstanding architect, engineer, influencer, or civic leader committed to positive and sustainable cities, communities, and lives. The Modern Architect is recorded at Stanford University Studios in Palo Alto, California, and is a production of KZSU Radio. The recording engineer and production manager is Akshay Juggy. The assistant engineer is McGregor Joyner, and we're all assisted by Bryce Carter. The executive producer and host of The Modern Architect is Tom Dioro. Please tune in again next week at 10 a.m. for another edition of The Modern Architect. Support for KZSU comes from Modeler.com, a platform connecting architects and other specifiers with building product manufacturers. Modeler.com works with architects from architecture and design firms to discover, discuss, and specify products for their building projects. We at KZSU thank Modeler.com for their generous underwriting of the production and broadcasting costs of The Modern Architect.